Hey guys, welcome to episode 33 of the Mangalogue podcast. My name is John, and this is a weekly manga podcast where I introduce a new series every Friday. It's supposed to be. Um, sorry for the delay. This is a day later than usual. Um, but uh, I'll try to make it worth your way because I do have some good news, and this is a good series to cover. So, all right. Um, I'm not going to go into the whole spiel. Let's just move along. Oh, shout-outs to Evo and Jose on Twitter. I got two new followers. I'm assuming two new listeners. So thank you very much, guys. I hope you enjoy this show. Um, let's see. And again, this is episode 33. Um, this one is on Vinland Saga, written and illustrated by Makoto uh, Yukimura, um, who I think... Yes, it's a dude, because I saw pictures of him. Um, he debuted with the Planetes uh, sci-fi manga um, that was uh, that ran 1994 to 2004. And then I think he did something in between and then started uh, Vinland Saga in 2005. And that's been ongoing since then. Um, so it's published by Kodansha. It's actually um, 22 volumes in Japan. Um, we, in, in at least in English, it's being released in... Um, two-in-one omnibuses um hardcover i think too um and we're getting the 11th omnibus on november 19th so i think that will catch us up with the japanese release um um so i don't know how long it's going to be after that but these omnibus are pretty freaking huge i think the first one was almost like 500 pages so it's a lot of material um it's definitely um they're, they're, they're a little pricey but i think they're definitely worth the um the investment because it's a it's a really good series and there's a lot of uh, stuff packed into there um but i i guess i i can't really i'm a little biased because i got it in a um i think i, I got it in a kodansha hum, humble bundle which is like a humongous deal because uh, considering the original price of these omnibuses like i got it digitally um but i got it in the humble bundle so i paid like 20 something dollars and i got like 10 omnibuses almost the entire uh run actually yeah what was out at the time i got the entire amount of uh manga that was out at the time so it's pretty pretty awesome um but yeah that should catch us up in the english releases uh this november um kind of jealous of the hardcover to be honest like i would love to collect physical manga just don't have the space for it um so and you know digital is just a lot more convenient when, especially when it comes time to like traveling and stuff like that you're not hauling these super thick omnibuses <laughs> with you places right um, but yeah, uh, there's about 161 collected chapters of the manga. Um, it started, uh, it ran from April 2005 to December 2005 in a weekly shonen magazine, and then it moved to a monthly schedule when it moved to the afternoon seinen magazine um, later that year, I believe. Um, oh yeah, right after December, I guess like January, I'm assuming, um, of 2006, so it's been monthly since then, um, and yeah, overall, this is a really well-received manga, it's best-selling in Japan, it's won quite a few awards, um, and it looks like the anime adaptions, uh, just, it's been really well-received as well, with studios doing a, a great job with that, um, which, uh, isn't surprising, because they did a great job with Attack on Titan as well, which is, like, one of my favorite series, um, I just, I just wish like everyone got the uh, Wit Studio or Kyoani treatment. Uh, unfortunately, I know, uh, <laughs> I know some people over at the um, Manga Machinations podcast are pretty upset with the uh, B Stars anime adaptation. At least uh, I know Dakuzu is. It's unfortunate. It's like not every, not every studio 
um, is, uh, you know, <laughs> made equally, unfortunately. I mean, not just, that's not, I don't want to disregard people's talents, but like, you know, directing decisions and then just like, you know, the animation quality, uh, just varies drastically, um, between, uh, you know, studios. So it just, it's unfortunate how some series get the short end of the stick. It's just, ah, it sucks. But, um, yeah, uh, the genres are adventure, historical fiction, um, this is set in, uh, 1013 AD, England, um, it's got a pretty, uh, explosive first chapter, um, it's, like, this large-scale breach going on, um, lots of bodies on screen, people getting shot with arrows, just trying to, uh, breach a gate, uh, there's a giant wall, and they're just all charging at it, um, and dueling out in front of the gate and stuff, um, it's pretty pretty intense uh, lots of action that but it it does cool down afterwards so if you're turned off by like heavy action i mean there is a lot of action in the series but like it definitely has its time for quiet moments and just like character interactions and development um but yeah you're introduced to uh torfin i hope i pronounced that right um he's just he's just a boy really um i think he's in, probably in his teens um he's got like this permanent scowl <laughs> he's just very angry looking all the time uh, he's got this really scruffy blonde hair just looks dirty like that's a lot that's a common thing throughout this manga everyone just looks dirty and cut up and um i mean it's just the reality of the time i guess but yeah he's uh he's got like these dual short blades that he holds in like a reverse grip it's really cool um to see him move around and fight he's super quick he's like a cat i mean he's just like all over the place um and basically, he's ordered by the leader of this uh, group that he's um, and You're not sure what the nature of the group is just yet. But um, basically, they're like a mercenary group. And uh, the the captain, I guess, his name is Askelad. Askelad? Askelad? I don't know. Um, and um, he's ordered by him to take the head of the captain on the wall. And in return, he promises a duel with him. And you learn why Thor uh, Torfin... Um, wants to uh a duel with um Askeladd later on but um yeah so you know they're they're trying to figure out a strategic way to breach this place um and um you see the outcome of it later but I don't there's no reason to spoil that so um basically you know seeing uh Torfin in action it's it's pretty clear that he's super adept at combat and you think that's probably unusual for someone his age but um you start to learn why he is just this ruthless killer um on the battlefield um and, uh, you know, he, he seems a little bit unhinged, right? Your first uh, impression of him is probably not the most positive, <laughs> other than, like, wow, he's really cool, like, like he's super fast and, like, super talented. Um, but basically, you we get the groundwork for this. Um, I think the, the anime adaption actually starts differently. It's chronologically in the anime, um, which makes sense because it's a little more accessible that way. But um, in manga, you kind of have to make a strong first impression, I guess. So they started with this... Um, uh, the breach um this large scale on um, battle and um and then moves into like a flashback arc which is a pretty decent length but i i think um there's a lot of s good stuff there um it basically uh, moves to nine years prior um and uh i'm sorry for sniffling that's like not good mic technique i'm sorry but like my allergies start kicking in for some reason um yeah, so you move to nine years prior into like a flashback arc, and it sets the groundwork for the Torfin we see at the start of the manga, and it's a much more innocent Torfin. He's a little boy, um, and uh, you know there there's a decent amount of chapters in this arc, and but it has like a really emotional conclusion before it jumps back ahead to how uh, Torfin ended up joining this band of mercenaries, and um, 
and I don't, I'm not going to get into the entirety of the flashback art. I just think it's uh, really good. There's a lot of fun characters. It's The tone is a lot different because this is a time of peace. Um, he's in Iceland with his family. And um, it's just, um, man, I, I grew really attached to his family and just a lot of the characters you meet in that little village in Iceland. Um, I think it's Iceland. And um, yeah, it's just, uh, it really kind of uh, sets you up emotionally. Like the, to see how Torfinn changes from the that innocent little boy to what, who we see at the start of the manga, I mean, it's such a contrast. And it's like, you really, you feel for this kid. He's making wrong decisions, but you understand why he is the way that he is for the most part. And there's a lot more nuance to his character. But um, yeah, it's just, it's upsetting. But um, it's interesting from a reader's perspective, right? Because it's not like this it's not you're not following this protagonist that's just um you know this cut and dry just like hero right or he's like just trying to do good he's driven by rage and revenge um but not to the point where it's like that's his defining trait as a character right um i mean that's a big part of it but um you know i'll get, I'll get into that a little later so um you know from that point on after the flashback arc um you just basically follow this crew as they uh kill and steal and so on and so forth um there is some like you know uh well there's no real clean there's some like there's obviously rape um it's just um that's just the you know these these are terrible people um but one thing to note is that um i think it's handled as well as you could possibly handle something like that it's not it's not in your face um and it's really, uh, you don't really see anybody, it, you don't see the act happening. You kind of see the before, or you, or you can kind of insinuate from some, from some moments in the manga where it's like, okay, this is going to happen, but we don't see it, thankfully. Um, and, um, but I just figured for people that are sensitive to that kind of stuff, um, it just exists. You just know that in this world, this is hap this is going on it's taking place but you don't have to we, we're not subjected to it at least so we don't have to see it um for the most part and um you know so you're following this group as they are doing that they're going just uh basically taking jobs from people and or creating their own opportunities for for bounty um and at the point i'm at now the this mercenary group uh, Askelad as leader um and torfin is he's kind of a part of it but not a part of it he's he's there for his own reasons um he likes to think he's not being manipulated into um, doing this this uh, group's dirty work, but I, you know, he, I think he is. He's just, you know, he's he's just ignorant because he's a, you know, he's essentially still a child, right? He never had the. Uh, yeah, it's just he's a tough <laughs> he's a tough character to really uh, talk about without spoiling some aspects. Um, but at the at the point of I'm at now, they're serving their main gig right now is like they're serving at this mercenary force uh, in the Danish invasion of London, which was actually a real event. Um, so yeah, obviously I mentioned earlier, this is historical fiction, but, um, you know, you can learn every, you can learn a few things, but I wouldn't take everything you see as, as gospel. Um, I think Yuki Mura, uh, went through great lengths to do research for this manga. You know, he studied the Vikings, um, and even personally traveled to some of the locations in the manga and took pictures and such for, uh, reference material. And it's so sweet because his, I guess, um, his wife actually served as his interpreter. I just, I don't know, stuff like that's just so wholesome. It's like, oh, like a mangaka and his wife just like went traveling and she's like, she has just, uh, you know, she has a part in the creation of his story and she's supporting him. It's, it's really nice. I don't know. Um, 
but yeah um so he ties in real world events but doesn't really follow them beat by beat he also has characters that are inspired by real historical figures um and it's similar to how like if you guys are familiar with the assassin's creed franchise video game franchise at all um you know they use large world events in that series as well but it isn't really worried about being entirely historical historically accurate to like the t you know they're not like super focused on being like this is like you don't have to read a history book you could just play our game and you'll get the exact accounts you know that's not that's not the um idea here so if you're a history nut i think you'll find things to appreciate just don't get too upset you know if things aren't exact right um again this is historical fiction and the main goal of this is like it's not to educate necessarily it's to just you're just supposed to have fun this is a manga <laughs> okay um but uh yeah you know and that that's not the only thing that you have to suspend your disbelief with um you know there's characters that while they're not quite like invincible or but some characters are just insanely strong for no reason so like you know just as but it feels grounded like berserk right there's a lot of supernatural stuff going on there um but for the most part the violence it just feels it feels grounded because like it's people are like easily just killed right and unless you're dealing with like these supernatural forces but like i don't know there's a sense of like there's a sense of groundedness i don't know the ground is like the best way i can describe it but like you know guts like he should not be able to swing that ginormous sword right but he does and like you kind of just believe it because you know it's like well he is super strong you know but like no man in real life would be able to like effectively swing that around but you know you just kind of you you get enveloped into that world and like from your perspective in this world this this is something that could happen and it feels real it feels real enough because you're already immersed you know so same idea with Finland saga like they fight an enemy that could just like freaking pick up boulders you know right and like that's there's no way that would happen in real life but you just kind of like let it go because it's like uh whatever you know so if you're like expecting like something hyper realistic you're not gonna f get that i mean it's pretty grounded but it's not like super hyper realistic that said like um you know you're not getting like um superpowers thrown around or anything like that but um yeah so the art um is really really good there's uh lots of bodies on the pages that I'll, you know quite often which imagine like, it would take so much time because again you've got these these battles you're traveling with the humongous mercenary group they're dealing with like groups of vikings and like just like you know other people's troops that they're fighting against there's just a lot of people on the page at all times um but they're like they're they're not yukimura doesn't like skimp like there's just everybody's drawn with such like detail and care and like you know sure like a lot of people are wearing armor so you like you might get a lot of people that are looking the same i mean not even the, the vikings don't typically or like the mercenary group like they're they're all just kind of they're all most of them don't wear like helmets and stuff so like you see their individual does you know facial and hair designs and stuff like that and so like it's it's uh you know there's obviously shortcuts around it's like well if everybody has wearing the same armor like i mean still it takes time to draw that right so it's still something to appreciate but um yeah just like the level of just uh I mean, the, just the scope of uh, just the amount of stuff on the page is just amazing. Um, 
and like even the backgrounds are just so beautiful and like it's it's this weird like it's this weird contrast right because you've got like these beautiful backgrounds but then you've also got like carnage taking place on on page like people just getting dismembered and just blood and just you know corpses just sliding in the background i mean i remember like scenes of like you know these people in this mercenary group just kind of like dancing and having a good time meanwhile there's just bodies in the background just laying on the ground but they're like over there drinking and dancing by the fire and are enjoying their meal while there's just like some dude with an arrow stuck in his chest lying on the floor drooling out of his mouth right um so like you know you've got it's it's really but like somehow the tone just works like it's weird like it 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 feels it's dark without being like oppressively you know like bleak but like you know there's like this this lighter tone i think i've talked about this last week too um and the, what was the manga i covered oh no that was ghost in the shell maybe the week before with blade of the immortal but like it doesn't feel like entirely like bleak um but uh yeah so like um oh yeah i was talking about the art um yeah so even like the scenes in iceland that are just like mostly snow right because there's just everything's just covered in snow um uh at least you know at the time of year that that um flash those flashback scenes took place um it's just depicted just so like i don't know like it's like this nostalgic piece i guess um it really just i think it helps with like the overall tone of like those flashback scenes um at the start of the manga um and uh and again like when you jump forward and the art just really has does a good job of conveying just like the war you know just like the war and the violence but also like this beauty of the land i don't know it's it's really interesting um and then yeah just like close-ups of grass and like wide shots of like large grassy plains i always love that nighttime scenes especially i just they always get me i just i have a I don't know i just love nighttime scenes especially like in, when you can see like the wind is blowing and there's long tall you know tall grass and just like i don't know it's that very anime feel you know i just i don't know it gives me i don't know it gives me goosebumps because sometimes it's like oh my god it's just gorgeous um but yeah you know it's it's bloody at the same time <laughs> um there's like this really you know occasional there's some occasional like graphic gore but nothing crazy um it's not the most violent thing in the world um I, and i don't think it's gratuitous like it's just the reality of the time that these people live in and for the most part again it's pretty grounded um and the action is just it's really good speed is conveyed really well um the choreography of the fights is just amazing um you have certain characters um that you just see like 1v1 battle especially in that flashback scene with um Taurus's uh or Taurus um um Torfin's uh father oh my god the fight was so good um and like just like these 1v1 combat scenarios are always awesome there's always exciting to watch um and you know when you have when you establish that you know characters can die or get seriously injured it adds like this level of tension to every encounter it's just so fun um and um another thing i like to point out is that like torfin he's the youngest character here like you know he's in his teens but it's like really refreshing to see people drawn of all ages shapes and sizes there's a lot of variety here which i always love because like I remember when I used to follow like anime seasonally and it's just like how many school anime are we gonna have how many school anime how many people in their teens that look like they're adults like just please something different please and like I just it's it's always refreshing to get a show like this or a manga like this um and uh and speaking of just like a variety but like the you know the 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 designs everyone has because they're not wearing traditional clothing right and you know even just like the armor is, is always fun to just like pick out the little details in Torfin's hair and it's a weird thing to point out but like it's on point like it it's just like he's got like this wild blonde hair that just kind of sticks out all over the place and like 
but like Yukimura does a good job like just like showing these, these people are like disheveled and dirty and scarred and you can tell they haven't showered and it's just like all these little bits of details are so like Torben's hair when it's like you can tell it hasn't like combed it or done anything to it it's just like all over the place like little strays of hair just sticking out um he just looks wild man he just looks like a feral beast at times uh that's crazy um but yeah i just like when manga artists just draw you know people of different ages especially older characters you don't get enough of older characters i think Askeladd has a really cool design um just a lot of the characters look super cool in general um and speaking of characters um i i really like torfin i um you know it's at first glance he's pretty simple right um but i really want to see him grow and i know that he has a lot of room to grow and that's why you know a lot of characters start off a certain way but then you see over time just how like complex they are um and um you know he doesn't talk much but when when he does like i'm glued to the page because i'm really curious how torfin's mind works because he's got this you know this crazy perspective as somebody his age having to deal with the things that he had to deal with um and especially when you know about his past and who his father was um so you think like you know he's super simple-minded and fueled by rage and revenge but i think there's more nuance to his character than most people would think at first glance and Askeladd is probably i i don't see why he couldn't wouldn't be but like everyone's favorite i mean you should hate him but he's just so fascinating and i really think it's just like his confidence that does it like i i i like how he has a he's just gifted in general right like he he's just in battle and combat and uh, he's a good leader um but he also has like this sense of respect for people with strength right so he's not always like sticking his nose up at people um he just has like good discernment um and he's also like super a lot about things sometimes which can be like hilarious but also kind of frustrating like just the overall way he carries himself and acts towards torfin and his men and his enemies it's really fascinating and I do hate how he like kind of just unremorsefully just leaves Torfin for dead so often. I'm like, come on, man! Like you think you like once you you think you've seen like a softer side to him or like you've seen like an an ounce of like sentimentality, but like then he's just like, oh, Torfin, oh man, he really uh he overshot this time, huh? He's he he uh kind of overdid it. Uh, that's a shame. Uh, he's probably gonna die. All right, anyways, let's go. We got the next place to go to. <laughs> you know, he just leaves him. Uh, and this happens a couple times enough to where I noticed. Um and he's just he's just a realist but it's like i don't know it's just, it's respectable but also he's just a terrible person like i don't get me wrong like all these people are just terrible everyone in this manga i mean almost everyone in this manga are just terrible people um and you know escalade has no problem mowing down just like villages of innocent people um and just letting his guys do their work you know it's uh, it just sucks like who are the good guys in this manga i mean there's not many right um so but you still find yourself kind of rooting for one side or the other just to succeed it's just the way it is like you can it's either i don't know there's some show uh series that have you root for both sides there's some series that have you root for one uh and maybe there's some series that you just want to see everyone die maybe this might be one of those areas i don't know i, I just want to see torfin just become a good boy <laughs> but uh, that's probably not gonna happen for a while but uh yeah i think that does it for uh vinland saga guys um and as promised i was going to announce i do have a new segment oh nuts i should have muted my um my whatchamacallit sorry guys um uh so a user or user that sounds weird a listener named definitely uh on twitter um he helped me or she or he or she i'm sorry i had never established who if it but anyways they asked, they uh helped me establish a new segment um for the podcast so basically every last episode of the month 
Um, so the week-to-week format's not going to change. I'm still going to introduce a new series each week. But every last episode of the month, I'm going to have a bonus segment at the end of the episode, so after like the ending theme song. And it's going to function as a follow-up to a previously covered series. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think about... Um, you know how like in depth I'm gonna get. But basically, just let the listener know, like, hey, now that I've read more of the series, um, what do I think about it? You know, so maybe I'm gonna have more, you know, detailed impressions. Uh, maybe some slightly, slightly spoilery, and I'll let you guys know, like, hey, okay, uh, this is how much more I've read of this series. Um, so you know, spoilers up to this point of the manga. Um, light spoilers, because again, I don't think it's ne- always necessary to real like super you know, spoilery details about every single aspect. I don't think you have to spoil the entire series to talk about it. Um, so that's the idea for that. So it's probably going to be, you know, light, light spoilers, but like, you know, spoilers that might occur later on in the series based on how much I'm able to read before that follow-up episode. And um, yeah, so I thought it was a good... Yeah, that I, it's an idea that I had brewing in the back of my mind and definitely kind of helped me workshop it on Twitter. Um, so I definitely appreciate that and um, and their feedback. I love getting feedback from the community. So if you guys, again, um, while the community is still small like this, I, I take every bit of feedback I can and pay very special attention to it. Um, so yeah, I'll um, I'll probably announce these series. I, I you know I might as well because I already know what I want to do. So at the end of next month, I'm not sure exactly what Friday that it, or what the date of that Friday is, but the first follow-up, I'm not sure what the name of the segment's going to be called, but right now it's just like follow-up episode, or maybe I'll call it part two. So um, at the end of next month, uh, there will be a part two episode for The Promised Neverland. Um, I looked at my stats on Anchor, and The Promised Neverland remains the most popular episode I've had since starting the podcast. It's kind of insane how much, uh, how many listeners that has compared to everything else. Um, so I was like, well, I've definitely been keeping up with Promised Neverland. I'm recently, I haven't, I, I'm not fully caught up, but I'm definitely planning to get fully caught up before the end of the next month. And, uh, then you guys can hear all about my thoughts then, um, I think I read like, I think when I initially covered the manga on the podcast, I read like five or so volumes, I don't remember, but now that the Shonen Jump Vault and everything, I'm still buying the physical, not physical, but like the, the collected releases, um, even though like it's available in the Shonen Jump Vault because I just love that series and I want to support it, um, further. So, um, but, um, maybe I'll talk about, maybe I'll talk to the end of the, um, physical releases. I think that's what I'll do. I think they're at like volume 10. I don't know how many chapters that covers, but maybe I'll just talk to the end of that. I don't know. I think guys, like, even if you don't particularly have a, you know, if, even if you don't particularly like digital manga, the Shonen Jump app is just such a great deal. $2 a month. I mean, and you get access to all these manga and you can always still buy the physical versions afterwards. But like, I mean, gosh, that's such a good deal. And you get so much manga. Um, so I definitely recommend it. I don't even care. I'm not like sponsored by Viz or whatever, but like, it's just such a good deal. Like, how could you not plug it? Right. So, um, yeah, so that's going to be the first follow up or part two episode. It's going to be on the promised Neverland and that'll be the end of November, that last Friday of November. And as for next week, um, I realized a lot of the series I've been covering are kind of heavy. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? And I saw this uh, series on sale and I'm like, you know what? I really enjoyed the anime of this when I watched it years ago. Um, and it's just really cute. And, uh, I think, but there's also enough there where I think there's 
could be a pretty good discussion on it. Um, so the series is Sweetness and Lightning, written and illustrated by Guido Amagakure. Um, and uh, yeah, that should be fun. I bought like three volumes of it, so I plan to read probably all three of those before next week. Um, and I'll, uh, yeah, that'll be the series that I'll talk be talking about. So just a reminder, I'll be posting, uh, you know, posting the... Um, you know, episode announcement on Twitter, and you could definitely leave comments or your own thoughts on the series, or just questions, anything really, uh, under that thread there, um, and I will be sure to respond to it, either on Twitter or on the show. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening, and uh, have a good week.